Diane, restore my world quickly because I'm falling apart. What do I do instead? (laughs) You're listening to the Millennial Musician Podcast with your host, recording artist and music career strategist, Shay Leonia. On with the show. I, I really have no idea what the fuck happened, but on today's podcast, you will... You will have to forgive me because there is such important information that my guest today, Diane Foy, shared about doing your own publicity as an indie musician. And yet, for some reason, I forgot to check my mic, must have hit a button by accident. And so the entire thing sounds like it was recorded in Carnegie Hall with the sound bouncing everywhere. I'm just such a stickler for good sound on a podcast. And today ain't it. So I am sorry in advance, because you're going to have to hear me echo, 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 echo uh, throughout the entire thing. Um, But uh, last night, I got to see Katie Caden, Emily Braden, and um. Sarah Potenza in concert. So I saw the three of them perform last night at City Winery. Fucking, if I had a wig, it would have been blown off. And as we're leaving the City Winery venue, (laughs) uh, we go, there are like four doors set up, right? And we went to the left door to exit. And there's a bunch of people coming behind us too. And the moment that we opened the door, I swift, smooth criminal lean over from the door from where my feet were. It was hilarious. And it was so, it was like the most blessed moment that I've ever had in my life because there was a massive, massive pile of shit in front of the door uh, that you would have only seen after opening the door because the doors are like solid wood and there's no peeking through nothing. It was just a Big old pile of shit. Some Several people had probably already stepped in it because it was smeared. And you could smell that fresh shit stepped in smell. And um, so a good Samaritan and my friends held, uh, like, blocked the doorway so that nobody would step in it. And I ran downstairs and found an employee and I had to be the bearer of bad news. Hi, um, there's a pile of shit out front of the door that all of your uh, guests are about to step in if you don't do something about it. So yeah, I'm sure that I made that person's night. But anyway, um, Diane Foy made my day because what a wealth of information she provided just so generously about what indie musicians should be focusing on. You're going to hear a whole bunch of me being just nodding my head in agreement, in com- like enthusiastic agreement, but you're also going to hear me learn of quite a few things that just blew my mind. And I just really hope that you find as much value in this episode as I felt in recording it. Um, I really strongly encourage you to check the show notes for Diane's information because she has some free resources in there for you so that you don't have to wait um, to get to work with her. Or if you really don't want to get to uh, have to wait to get to work with her, you also have the option of going straight to her website and booking at that discovery call. Because let me tell you, it is so hard to find, um, you know, people in this industry that are in alignment with integrity and values. And Diane just is a full of that. 
So without further ado, let me let me stop talking. Let me go sneeze a little bit more. Enjoy the episode. All right, everyone today, uh, welcome back to the Millennial Musician Podcast. I am so excited for us to have a heavy hitter in the industry with us today. So we can, well, I'm going to pick her brain on your behalf. Um, but I, without further ado, will let you introduce yourself. Diane Foy, take it away. Well, hello, I am Diane Foy. And what do I do? I do a lot of things, but I help multi-passionate artists, musicians, actors to embrace their story and their purpose so that they can slide into the spotlight with the impact and income to match. And I created the fans, media and industry attraction method, which goes into personal branding purpose-driven content, and media spotlight, all the different phases to get that fans, media, and industry coming to you. So many questions are just flooding my brain instantly. Well, first of all, I think that we need to also properly let everyone know that we are also professional Janet Jackson fans. You are my sister and Janet. That is first and foremost. Um, But okay, so how long have you been in this industry and what drove you to do this work? My story's long Um, because I've changed careers a lot, but I've also realized lately that my purpose has remained the same. Mm. It came a point in high school when that creativity killer counselor that I had only cared about the people that were really smart going to university to be a doctor and well, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. So the rest of us didn't really matter. Right. Um, And oh yeah, you go be a a secretary. Like (laughs) I'm not a millennial. Let's start with that. Mm. So in my day, the option was go be a secretary. Right. And I'm like, there has to be something more. It's so nine to five. It's so Dolly Parton nine to five. Is. Oh All the gosh. jobs that were that were offered to me were not interesting at all. And mm. out of desperation, I pulled out my Pat Benatar tour book oh. and, and went Pat. to the back, went to the credits because I was like, I have to be around entertainers. Yeah. And so I looked at the credits and I didn't know what they meant or wasn't interested. And I saw a photographer. I was like, okay, book closed. I'm going to be a photographer. I don't have a camera. I've never really done that before, but I'm going to be a photographer because it was my way in that same creativity killer counselor in to go to school for photography at the time. The only options were the, the art school. It was a four-year art school where photography was part of it, but it was more visual arts, or Mm -hmm. there was the technical photography school. And so I was going to go to that. And that guy told me, well, you're never going to get the grades in chemistry, physics, and algebra to get into that school. So you should pick something else. What a schmuck. (laughs) And I believed him until I told my mother and she went, no, like you can do it. And I think my mom was like, encouraging of my career choices, but I don't think she realized what that meant Mm. is that to be an artist, you have to be an entrepreneur. Cause I just, we just thought that, okay, I'd finish school. Then I'd get a job as a photographer. Right. Right. That's how it works. Right. (laughs) Well, and also as women too, it's, it's like, there's the double whammy of being a woman plus being an artist. 
it's like, it's, it's almost in the air that people think that you're just supposed to be rescued. You're supposed to be yeah. discovered by somebody that will take you under their wing and suddenly here is success. And it's yeah. not that way, especially not anymore, no. especially not these days. At some point, I also took a makeup artistry program. I think the another thing that when I stress on I help multi-passionate artists, it's because even other artists tell you you should pick one thing and stick with it. Yes, I hate it so much. I hate it so much. So I moved to Toronto thinking I would bigger city, more industry and to pursue photography. Um, but I got a job at Mac Cosmetics. And but even though I had a full time makeup artist job on my days off, I was doing music videos and photo shoots with musicians. And it's again, even though I'm having so much fun in the fashion industry, I'm still like music video. I'm in or photo shoot with a band. I'm in. And when I started losing interest, like the multi-passionate thing is you start losing interest because like when we get a new interest, we're all in. We dive in. Yeah, it's the shiny new thing. We Once we kind of satisfy that, we get kind of bored. I was, Yeah. <laughs> Why are you yelling at me, Diane? I know. <laughs> get bored. And then obviously I wanted to be in the music industry. Yeah. Yeah. I went to entertainment management, learned everything about the music industry, all the business side of it. And then I assisted a publicist. And when I finished, just started my own company as a publicist, started doing publicity wow. for friends bands. And then very yeah. quickly, the industry noticed and started hiring me. That is wild. It's so funny how many parallels are with your story that I'm finding, like, especially the the part about not knowing a damn thing about starting a business necessarily, but just doing it. And that's exactly what I did because <laughs> I've had my company since 2017. And so, uh, but I, <laughs> I'm, I'm in absolute shock that I still have a company that's actually thriving. And, uh, and I'm sure it's similar for you. It's just, we just put one foot in front of the other and just find uh, and listen to what our gut tells us that we're in the mood for that day. <laughs> yeah, but I was a late bloomer to that. Mm. I, I didn't embrace that lifestyle um, until until I finished school and thought, I don't want a real job. So yeah. <laughs> here we go. So I was like 35 years old before I really started m taking those risks. Because I always had, even if I was doing creative things, I always had that secure paycheck job. Right. And then right. did stuff on the side. Yeah. Yeah. But then this was like, well, I better figure out how to make this work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and right. figured out publicity. And then very quickly, one of the my friends that I volunteered to do publicity for, just to get experience and to get... You know, thing. I got them a huge front page of the art section of the newspaper, and their manager label went, "Huh? <laughs> like, how the hell did you get this?" I was right. like, "Oh, that's our friend Diane." So I, the multi-hyphenate thing just infuriates me. The misconceptions around, you know, the jack of all trades. It's like, first of all, that's not even the full quote. There's an, yeah. a whole other half of the quote that you'd never hear anybody say. And, yeah. um, and it's just, to me, especially being an indie artist, you, it's like spinning plates, right? If you, 
people keep saying, oh, well, you can only spin this one plate until you get really good at spinning that plate. But once you do, you can focus on this other plate. But I, but what they fail to tell you is you got to keep that first plate spinning. So it's not even like indie artists are given the grace of thinking that we just have this pot of gold to outsource absolutely everything that we need. Instead, we have to take on all of these roles ourselves. Um, well, we get to take them on all ourselves, but those plates can never stop. So it's not like I get to focus on one thing at a time. That's a luxury that we don't have. We yeah. have to focus on this one thing, but once we get really good at this, then we have to do this and that next thing and that next thing. And we are still constantly learning. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's such bullshit. Um, I would love to, I, so for everyone, for context, I, I asked Diane if she was okay with me cursing at the beginning of this, and she said, by all means, go Whatever. ahead. Um, so, so what are diving right in? What are some of the top misconceptions that you think indie artists have, <coughs> excuse me, around publicity right now? Like, I'm sure that you have a million, but I would love to hear like your top five. Um, well, the main thing is the reason I got into coaching in the first place is I loved publicity and I loved working with artists and getting them press, but publicity got harder and harder, less and less outlets. Like even now, like most papers have ditched their entertainment writers, mm. entertainment sections. They're gone, especially in Canada might still be more in the US, but in Canada, there what outlet do you want me to get you in? There's not a lot left. And yeah. <clears throat> artists think, oh, can you get me in Pitchfork? Can you get me in Rolling Stone? It's like, no. Like yeah. <laughs> one day when you're a superstar, sure. Right. Or when you've paid your dues and built it up. Mm-hmm. But too many artists you focus on your recording. Some people spend a lot of money on on producers and recording. Then they have no money for marketing. Mm. But then, okay, now I got to market it. Now what? Okay, I guess I'll hire a radio promoter and a publicist. Oh gosh! And give them thousands of dollars and uh, to get played at three in the morning in some random town on the outskirts of Prague. Yeah, and for publicity. They'd get like, if you don't have anything else of what I think you need now, there's only so much I can get you with yet. I'm yet another singer songwriter with a new music and video. And I was, I was born in and I play guitar at age eight and uh, like, it's just the facts. Nothing's Mm. dry facts. Like I can't read another bio like that. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) same, same. I've taught so many workshops on how to write an effective bio and it just, I still read so many that just read like a a Tinder profile. Yeah. And trying to get press, it's like, you need a story. Like, Oh my gosh. Why, why should they cover you? And too many artists would come to me with that. I need to, to just, just support you and what you're saying so hardcore right now, because one of my, very first clients, um, let's call him Barry. Barry came to me with a brand new band. They had never done a single thing. Uh, 
uh, granted my sales pitch at that time was like, well, I don't know how to do any of this professionally, but I'll help you do it. And (laughs) so, uh, I was interviewing him so that I could formulate a bio for him. And there was this amazing story that he had, uh, mentioned to me about involving a, a woman being the reason why he had written these songs. And I was like, that's juicy. That's exactly what these people want to see in your bio. And he got so furious and said, fuck that. I don't need that. How about this for a story? Guy meets a bunch of other guys. They form a band and they make some music. The end. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, at this point, there's nothing I can do. Talk about being out of alignment (laughs) with a client. I I mean, my answer is good luck with that. Exactly. And that was exactly my answer. I wish you well. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it just got frustrating. Yeah. It got frustrating, frustrating of people. I'm like, I want to help you. I really mm-hmm. do. And I, I think I wasn't really doing a lot of publicity because I'm talking people out of hiring me. Mm. But then I'm talking them out of hiring me because they're not ready you need to go do this, this, and this, which is all about figuring out your personal brand and figuring out your, you need a social media activity. And then they wouldn't like my answer. And then they would go spend the thousands of dollars on some publicist that told them what they want to hear. Yep. And then they're not happy because they don't get the results that they wanted. Mm -hmm. And I just kept seeing it over and over again, over and over again. And I'm like, why are you, in order to be successful with publicity, you also need a active social media following. You need a fan base. You need people that actually want to hear about you. It's not up to the press to introduce you to everyone. They want you to have a following too, especially these days when everything's online. It's a give and take. It's a cross promotion. So if some big outlet is going or any blog, Joe Schmo blog you know, if they're going to take the time to review your music or interview you for an article or on the website, what's in it for them? Mm. And when they do that, they put all that work into you and then you share it. You, some of the artists wouldn't even share it on their social media. But if you do, oh. it's like you're sharing it to 25 people and what's in it for them? Whereas some other artists that's going to do the same pitch is going to be like, but I got this, you know, social media following and they're engaged. When I, I sell out shows, I got a fan base that actually wants to hear, know more about me. Mm. Then media outlets go, Oh, okay. You have people that want to know about you. Okay. We'll invest in that. Cause they're being pitched so often. Right. Right. Their inboxes are flooded. So I just want to provide th- further clarity for anyone who's already turned on this, uh, turned off this interview because they they heard social media following and they said, oh, well, fuck that because I don't have one. Do you mean that they need to have tens of thousands of followers or do you me- mean that they could have around 1,000, 1,500 followers as long as they are engaged as fuck on their content? Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. one? Numbers don't mean anything. Mm. You could buy numbers. You heard it from Diane. And a lot of people do. There you go. Ah, numbers. Yeah. That means nothing. So, and the industry and media are hip to that now. Now they know. I could tell if I look at a profile that 
they've Same. artists will still lie to me and tell me that they never did, but <laughs> I can tell <laughs> if you've paid for some kind of marketing company to get right. your numbers up. Absolutely. It's so, it's so apparent. And I, there's a, an, a, a former A&R that I follow online who, who says in their content, Hey, listen, when I was an A&R, one of the first things they taught us to do was how to look for fake followers. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, so, okay. So you're, so other people are thinking in the reverse, they might be thinking, okay, well I should hire a publicist or I should work with Diane because I want to increase my following, but you're saying it's actually the other way around, like get your following first. Yeah. The following and well, like my whole thing is the fans, media and industry attraction method, but, and some people think I need the industry and media first and then Mm. I'll get the fans. It has to be the other way around. Right. The media and the industry until you have the fans, there's nothing in it for them. Yeah. Especially when you're talking industry that doesn't make money unless you do. There's Mm. a lot of industry consultants. There's publicists, market, you know, producers, all kinds of people that might show interest in you, but you have to pay them. Yeah. Right. So then there are some amazing industry people that you pay that are fantastic and will be honest with you. But there's also a lot of people that will tell you what you want to hear to get you to pay and hire them. Right. And that goes for payola too, right? Yeah. I know definitely I, my radio promoter friend, she's, she's American and there's definitely more of that in the U S than in Canada. (laughs) Yeah. She says Uh, in Canada, she's not even allowed to like, buy them a beer you know it's like it's really uh different you yeah know? but she worked in the states and yeah it is payola sometimes yeah i definitely run into those blogs that say well pay us this fee and they do some type of work around where there's a loophole where they can't get in trouble but mm-hmm. people still pay them it's you know they're supposed to mark that it's a sponsored post but mm. somehow they hide it on their website Mm. Um, yeah. And I've worked with artists, even as coaching that they still are like, they're wanting that quick fix. Yes. They're like, oh, but there was this company that a playlist that will get me on a million playlists or whatever. And again, you're trying to skip the work. You're trying to skip the line. Yes. Oh, oh. And I say, good luck with that. I went from publicity to coaching because I realized that I'm telling you, you need this, this, and this, but Mm -hmm. then took me a while to realize, oh, artists don't really know how to do that. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, okay, but how? Mm. Um, So coaching, I can help them. And then that's why I can coach them through authentic personal branding. Right. And then purpose-driven content. Then if you make it that far through coaching with me, then I'll tell you everything I know about publicity. There you, you go. Yourself. There you go. I'll and save you, you a yourself. ton of money. My God, everyone yes. hire Diane so that you can save yourself thousands and thousands of dollars in the long run. My goodness. There might be a time where you're ready to hire a publicist and radio promoter and all that good stuff, but you'll be able to present them 
with all the stuff that you've worked on your own. And that's the time when you've already Mm -hmm. gotten like same with an agent until you're touring the country, making money, booking your own shows. They're not interested. Then, then they'll take you on and get you onto bigger shows and get you to that next level. Right. Same with publicity. If you've done some of the publicity yourself and you're so busy that, you know, you have so many things going on, then maybe hire a publicist and they'll, again, get you to that next level. They'll get you into those bigger outlets because you've done all the lesser known blogs and podcasts and all kinds of things. You've done the work. God, I have so many freaking questions. Okay. All right. First question is... I'm going to ask you both questions because otherwise they're going to fall out of my brain. Okay. So the first question I have is what is even the point? What is even the point of getting published? And is it a huge disappointment or should it be a huge disappointment to you if you don't get the coverage? My other question is how do you find these lesser known blogs? Um, What was the first one? What's the point of getting coverage? Yeah. It gives you credibility for one and it's stepping stones to getting to the bigger outlets. You know, Mm. if I'm sure the music editor of Pitchfork and all those bigger outlets, they've said to me, like, I don't care who has reviewed them, just someone has. Like, Mm. if you get all these great reviews from Joe Schmo blog and you have multiple you got 10 reviews from 10 unknown people and unknown blogs. They don't care. Yeah. That's 10 people that have given you enough to quote them of a mm. review. They, all they care about is that someone out there right. <laughs> likes what you're doing. And that's sometimes enough. Um, so getting coverage in those smaller blogs, I definitely... I, you know, basically when I was doing publicity, sometimes artists would go, yeah, but that that's just a small blog. Like, who cares about that? Or that's not anything. I'm like, but that's 25 people that know of you that didn't know about you before. (laughs) Right. Right. Imagine 25 people in your living room. Yeah. So, yeah. And also artists would get sensitive if it was a bad review. Mm. And Back in the day when we could actually get press reviews for unknowns in the weekly paper, in the, in the weekly music blog, it's like managers, labels, me, I would say, I don't care what the review says. <laughs> say they suck. I don't care. Because yeah. nobody remembers the bad review. Mm-hmm. All they remember is, oh, I've heard of that band. Because... Maybe they read that review, forgot about the review, but remembered the name. Then they see on a a flyer that you're performing at the bar down the road. Then some industry person or someone they know says, hey, have you heard that about that band? It all adds up. Those little yeah. voices that, oh, I've heard of them. Right. And Dave Matthews band got ripped to shreds uh, back in the day. Ripped to shreds yeah. in every single publication. But look at them. And that's the thing is that these bloggers don't always necessarily look at the quality of the music. They're looking at the culture around the music. So I heard on a podcast recently, somebody talking about being a huge DMB fan, and they were saying that DMB fans look a certain way, that they have the polo shirts and the, you know, they uh, have the scraggly hair and they're always 
buying their clothes from Abercrombie and Fitch and wearing open toed, you know, Birkenstocks. And they just despised the culture around those fans. It wasn't necessarily anything to do with Dave Matthews band itself, but yeah, like exactly what you're saying. People will remember and then check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And also like most blogs other than the big name ones, they're run by fans of music. Mm-hmm. And so probably a lot of them won't even bother reviewing something if they don't like it. And so that's also why if, you're, if your genre's a little bit left to center, it might be harder to find blogs for you. But there's always someone. And yeah. um, what was your next question of how to find these blogs? Yeah, how to find the smaller ones. The accessible ones, I should say. Well, I have my own little secret that I tell my clients only. Um, no question. Everyone hire Diane to find out the secret <laughs> so that, and then tell me what it is. <laughs> yes. I will tell you later. Um, look at, I always say, like, research your competition. Mm. That's the best way. So you got to research competition anyways to figure out what your competitive edge is. But while you're researching your competitors or even who has the career that you want in five years Mm. and maybe who's similar music that's maybe in your region um, that has kind of built their way up and they're having whatever level of success that is, that could just be regional. It could be cross country. It could be just regional. Right. Who has that career that you can see yourself working towards in five years? Where mm-hmm. are they getting coverage? Who are they? Who are their fans? Because another part of what I coach on is figuring out, yes, figuring out everything that you are, what is amazing about you, But then the next step is figuring out who's most likely to appreciate that. Oh, and some of that that is doing some research. Look at both the superstars in your genre and also the people that are maybe five, 10 years away from you um, and go on their social media and see who are the people commenting. Mm. Because those might be your potential future fans. Love that. And get to know, like, maybe you'll see a trend that, oh, it tends to be a lot of, like, young teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's your thing. It's like, but you get you start to see a trend. <laughs> young teenage girls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if that's your I thing, like, that, that's, that's your not thing, your thing. Young teenage girls. <laughs> Keep on walking. Please have it be the right uh, kind of thing. Don't uh, yes. Nobody could take this out of context. That would be hilarious. Oh my gosh. Um, So, okay. So I ran into uh, a conundrum with one of my clients um, not too long ago where we were waiting for the masters to be ready before we could send out the links. Um, But because they are brand new, we didn't have a way to, we didn't really know if there was a way to possibly court any of the journalists in the interim because, and you think about it, it's like they're, like we said earlier, like their inboxes are completely inundated on a daily basis. You don't really want like a Mm -hmm. hi, hello. I'm really a big fan of yours. I'll talk to you later. Uh, Do you have a a work around that you could suggest about like, what can we do as artists when we aren't ready with the music, but we also don't want to waste valuable time 
to build, to start building these relationships? Well, you could build the, the point of building relationships is building them when you don't need anything, mm. right? Like I would pick out the type of media that you want to pitch when your music is ready and start researching them now and start like make a list of your top 10 and have their um, social media profiles and make a point of going to visit every week, mm. commenting on their stuff and building that relationship when you're not asking for anything. Love that. Comment Love that. on their dog, their dog photo. That's a great dog. You know, whatever <laughs> it is. It's like getting those, whatever they're posting about, you get to know them. Yeah. So by the time you pitch them, maybe you've built up a relationship where they know who you are. Maybe you haven't, but you can at least start the pitch being something personal of like, you know, I love that post that you posted last week with your dog and blah, 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 blah. It's like whatever, some kind of personal connection to them. Mm. They're more apt to keep reading. Wow. But also if you've built up a relationship and had conversations, you know, through DMs, like the trick with DMs is that um, the people you're following try to respond to their stories. When you respond to a story, it goes to their direct message. Mm -hmm. Even if they never reply to your direct message, it tells the algorithm that you're friends and you want to see each other's content. There you go. So oh, this is gold, Diane. Um, so another burning question I have for you, I have long followed a template that I received from someone credible, a template for my press releases. The part where I get hung up is there is like, we've been talking about, there is this, uh, desired level of personalization, um, for these people when you're inundating their inbox. And I, but the template that I've followed is one where it pretty much puts what their, their potential headline might be. So it might say like, mm -hmm. you know, a Philly rock vocalist, you know, launches new album. I'll put that as the subject line because that's the template that I follow. But I'm starting right. to wonder, is that the best way to say, hey, I actually know about your dog on Instagram? Yeah, I think for the most part, press releases are dead really but with a caveat okay when i was still doing publicity for artists i would write a press release and i'd had i had places to post it online hmm. so that was worth the effort of writing the press release because i had certain places online that you could post it um and only if i knew if it was a Canadian artist and my list was mostly Canadian media, then it made sense to send a press release first, but I didn't expect anything from it. It's like more like the first press release was just putting it out there that I'm probably going to send you an email in the next week or two. That's all it really was. And it's like, hmm. so that's all I really used it for. But for artists doing their own publicity, I don't do a press release. Really? They Wait, don't so want. What do we do? Diane, I'm so lost. <laughs> oh my God. Everything I. Santa isn't real anymore, Diane. No yeah. press release. What is going no on? No press release. Well, especially for indie musicians that are not like 
world famous, like what's the press release going to do? Diane, restore my world quickly because I'm falling apart. What do I do instead? (laughs) Well, it's kind of what I was saying before of like building the relationships or just go straight to the pitch. Like press releases. Back in the day, the point of a press release was you put it on the newswire and journalists would look there for their stories. And headline, oh, what's that one about? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, Mm. let's run with that. And, but now with email, everyone gets so many pitches in their emails that they don't even look on the newswire anymore. And a lot of times, press releases and press distribution services, it's really for corporate because they have in a lot of legal cases that you have to release a press release for legal reasons, corporate reasons. I don't know. It doesn't apply to us. Holy shit. The point of the press release is to get your story out there that some journalists might take it and run with it. But unless you're already known, it's not going to happen. So I was even more using it just as an introduction. Because also I was doing publicity, so these people are you. I already know these people. I've already built up the relationship. That's the thing about like publicists is that the journalists are used to hearing from us on a regular basis, and it's on our reputation too, where oh. they would know. Sometimes, like if a publicist didn't really have a good reputation of like they take on any artists, whether they're good or not, press stop even opening the email. Mm. But if you have a good reputation, then they know that at least if I'm sending them a press release, they probably want to at least check it out. Um, And then sometimes sending the press release, because I've already have that relationship, they might go, hey, actually, I would be interested in, in interviewing them. So do you just send like a blurb? Is it just like a small paragraph saying, hey, Betty, Remember this uh, artist we were talking about? They they finally are putting out their album. Do you want to interview them? I can set it up, uh, talk to you over lunch. You know, yeah, I, how do you do it? That? I think what it is is that it's different for, like, I think if you're an indie artist doing your own publicity, you don't need a press release. That's basically the point of this whole story. My jaw is on the fucking floor right now, Diane. Everything I know is a lie. I'll always personalize the intro and then I'll say I've attached their press release below if you want to take a look uh, with functioning links and stuff like that. Um, Yeah. The subject line is where I always get stuck because I'm always like, you know, I know that this should be personalized, but I also don't want to say I I don't even know what to say in the subject line to get them to even open this if we have a relationship or not, you know. I feel because right, right. the subject line is where I really get hung up because I feel like, all right, this is the make or break whether or not they even open this email. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to think of something. What would be that hook? Um, but yeah, I think for indies, I mean, it, I think in some cases it's good to have a press release because it's a collection of like how you were saying of you'd personalize it and then go press releases attached. <clears throat> But everything's online now, too. Like, you could just have some strategic links. My goodness. 
All right. Not to, I know I'm harping on the subject line thing, but is this the place <laughs> where I say, Hey Betty, I love the newest photo of your cockadoodle, you know, like what? I wouldn't put that in the subject line. No. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Diane, fix it. Oh my God. I don't it know depends what on what the, what is the relationship and what it is that you want. Okay. So all right, I'll give you a cold email. Right. Is not probably going to do anything for you, especially coming from you and indie artists pitching yeah. yourself. Right. Publicists have different relationships and with the media. Mm. So that's different. Um, but if I'm coaching an indie artist to do their own publicity or me doing my own publicity now, pitching myself, I don't write press releases and I wouldn't think you'd need a press release. It's, uh, I would even, it used to be a lot more mass distribution. Mm-hmm. And now that doesn't get the results now. So I would say pick your 10 people that you're going to pitch first and then really mm-hmm. do your research on those 10 people. Okay. Like if it is, if you're just starting out and you haven't gotten any press, then maybe start with the lesser known blogs. Mm. I'm sure if you just did hashtag music blog on Instagram, the people that have small music blogs are probably using that hashtag. You might yeah. find them that way. Or there's there's music blog directories. Yeah. Um, if there's a certain niche that your music is, there's definitely a lot of niche blogs. Like if it's metal, there's a lot of metal blogs that are yeah. just about metal and just the fact that you're metal, you could probably get in there. And I also want to warn everyone who's listening to this and thinking that like a music blog directory is going to be the end all be all for them because I can't tell you how many times I've invested in a music blog uh, directory and it's been nothing but outdated information. Make sure that every, like, please go to Trustpilot if you need to, trustpilot.com and look up these websites because so many of them will sell you just phony email directories for what, like 70 to a hundred bucks to even more, depending on how many they're going to give you. Yeah. So yeah, it's a quick, quick and way to of, yeah, throw your money then, in the toilet. And the contacts are info at mm-hmm. or contact at yeah. Um, the same website that you can get on their web on their website or the same email that you can get on their website. Yeah. But even if you got a good music industry or music blog directory, there are good ones. Yeah. But you still have to research. You can't just because mm-hmm. I get pitches <laughs> from artists who I think there is. I think I'm listed in one of those um, well-known directories oh. and they send me press releases. Mm. And I'm going, I don't know why you're sending me this. <laughs> I'm not a blog how can I'm, i help you i have i have a podcast but like what you're pitching me is not what i would do and oh. i don't care Diane. so those get into spam there's also publicity i there were, i once had a client who said hey what about this company and it was a company that would send a press release out for you or and get you on all kinds of blogs and it, I looked them up and went, I didn't realize it was one of the companies that was spamming me. <gasps> I'm like, do not give them your money. Oh my God. 
Because what they're doing is sending this mass email that is to all the email addresses that they have, including me. I'm not. (laughs) Oh, my God. And it's just it goes into spam. So why are you putting your and if you look at the artists that they it's just anyone. It's no one. Right. So one that probably no one would cover legitimately. I just had someone the other day in my DMs on, because I have my artist's Instagram, I have my agency Instagram, and then I actually have a podcast Instagram because I'm a nutcase who decided to have three Instagram accounts. So on my podcast Instagram, someone DM'd me saying, hey, my name is so-and-so. I would love to discuss uh, getting my artist on your show. And I said, oh, what can you... Can you elaborate? Because to me, it's like, I'm not just randomly inviting artists on the millennial musician podcast for no reason. It's not, yeah, it's not for that. Um, so when they said, well, don't you have a music podcast? I said, have you listened to the show? Um, and then they stopped, they stopped DMing me. And this was somebody yeah. who had bought all of their follows, all of their plays in multiple platforms. So it's like to the untrained eye, you would think that they legitimately have all of these followers. But then when you look at the album artwork and it's just like clip art worthy, it's just yeah horrendous. Um, I, I was just like, really? This is what people go through on a regular basis? <laughs> like, yeah. Ugh. Because it's just funny that I get press releases and like now you'll get them because of the podcast and you're going, why are you pitching me a CD review? Right. Like we're not, don't expect (laughs) to come on. Neither of us will do that. (laughs) Right. We can talk about your release. If like you did a whole album Mm -hmm. devoted to Teddy Riley or something. Yes. Millennial musician related, but, but listen to the damn show. That's the advice for artists. Like you buy these, um, directories and you don't even look up the website or the uh, the show or the mm. blog or anything you just take that you know info at dianefoy.com that's yeah. my spam email by the way um, <laughs> the, it's like Use that's it if the you public, dare, everyone that's the public email address that's out there and this is where these uh mass press releases get sent to me oh my goodness so can I ask yeah. you one, uh, I know we got to wrap up, uh, but I, one burning question that I have, it's like an epidemic with um, clients that I've worked with, with friends in the industry, everyone, the moment that their music is ready, they want to put the music out. And then they're sad that they didn't get as much press coverage that they wanted. Um, and I would just love to hear from you. How long do you feel people should give themselves to do this press thing themselves. And, um, you, you know, what, like, what, what are they sacrificing if they don't, if they don't give themselves enough time? Yeah. There's two options there. Um, you got to start somewhere for Mm -hmm. one. Sometimes you have to just throw that music out and make the mistakes and learn from them. Cause also doing, even if you did the publicity properly, you're probably not getting much for your first release Mm. anyways. Right. So that part, my main thing for artists, especially musicians, I love you, but you drive me crazy. Um, I drive myself crazy. Slow down. Mm. Stop looking for the quick fixes. 
you you want something so badly, but you're not taking the time to do it properly. And when I first started coaching musicians on, I was like, okay, don't hire me as a publicist. Like, I want to coach you through personal branding and social media and content. And then, then you're ready for publicity. Yeah. The personal branding stuff, it's actually deep inner work. And so mm-hmm. many artists, again, even though I'm there to help them, they want to skip it. Yeah. When are we going to get to the, um, you teaching me social media and publicity? I'm like, you don't know what you're promoting yet. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I can give you all the, you can Google how to social media, like how to set up a right. social media plan. But unless you know what, who you are, what you're about, what your stories are that you're going to share, all that, the those social media and PR tips are not going to really help you. So my message for most artists is slow down as much as everything always takes longer than we hope, but at least slow down, stop looking for the quick fixes because yes, you, I did get that a lot as a publicist too, of artists contacting me. I released my music last week. I need to hire a publicist. I mean, is there a way to promote after the fact? If it's Okay. So what do you do if it's already out? If it's already out, there are ways of re-releasing hmm. um, properly. Like, are you talking about if a, an artist has like an EP or? Yeah. Like if they just dropped their single and it just came out last week, but you're still, tr- you know, tracking away and trying to get some coverage. Do a video. Mm. Do so a, it, it would be a new content. video. It has to be yeah something new content, but like, um, you could there are still also like if you're thinking playlists, there's still some playlists that will add it to a playlist even though it's already out. But the good ones are gonna want to know it ahead of time. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but okay, you released it out, but I'm I think a lot of it is a lot of artists put so much concentration on that one single and i ask is that the only song you're ever going to release yeah i hope not right right you got it like my radio promoter friend like she doesn't take on artists unless they have three singles ready mm. because again we're we're watching artists waste money on radio promoters that just take anyone and it's our our relationship. So it's the publicists and radio promoters. It's all about our relationships with media and for yeah. her case, radio. And it takes a lot of convincing to get them to take a chance on a new artist. Yeah. And she says most of the legit radio stations will not add your first single. Mm. So you got to go through all that process just to have a chance to get your second single played. They want to know that you're going to stay around, that you're going to last. And that's why a good radio promoter or a good publicist, they're not going to take a short-term thing because it's our reputation with our media context too. Yeah. 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 So you've got to say, okay, I have three singles 
ad that I really want to promote. And you have to accept that maybe nothing happens with your first single. So maybe don't put your best one out as your first single, but build the audience, build the relationships, build the relationships with radio or whoever, however you're promoting it. You know, it's different genres like country music is still very much radio based, but in a lot of other genres, you wouldn't even bother with traditional radio promotion. Right. Oh, there is, there is so you are full of knowledge that artists need. Um, You also have a podcast of your own that I want everyone to check out, but please tell us how artists can work with you. How can we work with you, Diane? Because I mean, I don't even, I don't want to give them everything. I mean, I would love to give them everything in this podcast, but there's just, there's a a breadth of knowledge here that we cannot possibly even scratch the surface of. Uh, So how can we continue this work? Download the free Fans, Media, and Industry Attraction Playbook. Mm. That's at dianefoy.com slash freebie. That way you get this this PDF and it goes through the whole steps of personal branding, the three phases of the method. Personal branding, purpose-driven content, media spotlight. And I just decided that I'm going to turn that into a mini course. So that's going to be a free mini course. Oh my God. That's a way to get started and learn about what, unless you just want to skip it and hire me. That's great. That that would be great too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) let's do that. But uh, yeah, get on my list. But also another opportunity to work with me that won't cost you anything is I want to do more coaching episodes on my podcast. So my podcast is multi-passionate artists and I've kind of put a stop on, I was doing, I was kind of hiding myself Mm. behind doing interviews with other people. And so I'm pushing myself to like put a hold on that and just maybe I don't have an episode for a few weeks, but when Mm. I do, it's going to be me. Or coaching for now. And anyways. it'll be a new season. Yes. There you go. So yeah, if you want to get some coaching, you can sign up and apply to be a volunteer for the podcast. Um, fill that out at dianefoy.com slash volunteer. And we can coach through something. It's just going to be on the podcast. Or you could just sign up for a free discovery session with me. And uh, I could tell you all about how I work with artists. Basically, the playbook is what I coach artists through. So we start with what is your future vision? Where do you want to be? And then why do you want it? What do you want? Why do you want it? So it really starts with that deep stuff first, core values, limiting beliefs. And when you create this personal brand it's really just you yeah sharing who you really are sharing your stories experiences i'll show you how to write a bio but uh it's more about getting those stories out so that when you get to the social media stuff you have a story vault you have Mm. a vault of videos and stuff to pull from to share i i'm dianefoy.com yes and at Diane Foy Arts on social media. 
All of the Diane Foy's, it's her, everyone. Just just Diane Foy the fuck out of yourself, please. Um, so there's there's some people that have my name on social media, but oh. they don't actually do anything. They're just okay. holding my name hostage from me. Oh, um, <laughs> but you'll so yeah, if the all the Diane Foy's out there, if you find them on social media and they they're private or they're just not really posting much in two then years. That's not her. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty um, much Google me. It's all me that comes there up. There you go. I, Diane, I love meeting other people in this industry like yourself who, just like me, want to make sure that indie artists aren't wasting their money paying for bullshit that they don't need or that they aren't ready for. Um, and I love that you are also of the mindset that we all get to just slow down and do it the right way. And as uh, one of my favorite podcast hosts, Carl Lowenthal says, there's no off ramp for the human experience. There's no off ramp for the artist experience. And I just really want to thank you for being someone who is values and integrity based in this industry, because Lord knows uh, indie musicians, we need so many more of people like, you know, doing the work that you and I are doing. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been fun. Yes, it has. Uh, Everyone, please make sure that you are following Diane. More importantly, make sure you grab that freebie. I have already grabbed it and it has taught me so much already. And I cannot wait to go through the mini course that you're going to be starting with that. Um, And if you want to bypass all of that and just hire Diane right away, make sure you go to her website and just book that discovery call. Um, we are back every Sunday with a brand new episode. If you have any topics in mind or any questions that you would like me to address on the show, please make sure you DM me on Instagram at millennial musician pod and spell it the right way with two L's, two N's. Like I, I totally fucked that up the first time that I started that account, but anyway, DM me and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again, Diane. Thank you.